You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, you know, healthy life, doing well. Yourself? I'm trying to keep myself cool, mentally and yeah. physically. I'm trying to keep myself cool. Yeah, I can see that. It's been pretty humid here as well. So instead of uh, the hot tea I usually have, I had a nice cold glass of tea today. Some people look at me funny when they say I want a cold drink. And they say, do you realize that actually makes it? I don't know if there's any scientific basis to this. Maybe there is. If you drink something cold, doesn't that make you hotter? Because your body has to work harder to warm that temperature back up. You know, I've heard that, but I've also heard that um, if you're trying to stay fit and you know, or lose weight, you should be drinking cold beverages anyway. I mean, it feels because of nice. the extra as hot as it I, is. It, that's the thing. As yeah. hot as it is, I was actually I was I took it. I had this. I had a glass today. It was sitting on the table, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what Bruce said yesterday, and I filled that thing up to the brim with ice. Right? I filled that thing up to the brim with ice, and I poured water in it, and I let it sit there for about 20 seconds, and then I grabbed it and I drank half of that glass. Mm. And the whole time I was thinking, I just want that feeling you were mentioning yesterday about uh, that crisp, cold, crisp. cold. Yeah, that yeah. that just that first drink that you get of that just that cold, you know, uh, and uh, and I, I swear to you, I cooled down after I had it. I cooled down after I had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I honestly I, I don't think there's any maybe there's some credibility to the idea of drinking cold actually warms you up in the long run. Maybe there's credibility to it if you're living in a climate that's like 70 degrees Fahrenheit usually or 80, you know, kind of in that range. But when you start going, you know, 85, 90, 100 degree range, now cold beverage, <laughs> you want a cold beverage. Yep, indeed. Indeed. I can't imagine where we would be without cold drinks. I can't imagine. Or air conditioning. But yeah, <laughs> or air conditioning. Yeah. But even so, some of these some of these fans are getting to be really expensive. You know, like you look at, have you looked at some of these Dyson fans? Those things are as expensive as an air conditioner. I actually haven't seen a Dyson fan. Like their newest one, like seriously, like their newest one is like, I want to say it's like three or 400 bucks and it's got like water cooling and everything in it. So it recirculates the, uh, the air and it cools it through water mm-hmm. and then blows it out. And it's extremely cold. Like the fan itself, it's like one of those floor fans, you know, those long skinny ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of those, but it recirculates it through cold water. So it, it actually cools the air even more and then blows it to you. So it's almost like an air conditioner, I guess. Now, this is those Dyson ones. They use, um, is it is it an actual fan or are they using the whole electricity and causing the whole um positive negative charge to push uh, to be the honest air. with you i don't know i do know that okay. the newest ones are doing along the lines of what i was just mentioning but i haven't actually gone and demoed one at a store yet i haven't done that yet so anyway all right enough of that let's get on to who's this guy that i keep seeing all this stuff on who, who is this jerry Falwell? who is this guy I've never heard of this guy. Who is this guy? So Falwell, he is Jerry Falwell Jr. is the president, chancellor, whatever you want to call it, of Uh a Liberty University, which is a Christian college. Um, It's like it's like the top college uh, Christian college in um, in the U.S. And uh, 
supposedly he did a photograph that was i don't know racy or or, or i saw the photo I, I saw the photo it's a dude standing there like i, I don't even know who this guy is right but he's standing there mm-hmm. and he's got his arm around someone who apparently is not his wife and mm-hmm. like he's got his pants unzipped or something and his guts hanging out and it's on this yacht or something i i don't know but uh, okay wh- why is this a big deal I, I just don't understand what. Why is this a big deal? It's a it's a rich so the, guy out on his yacht. If you're so having the, a party, yacht, and you're diving off. It's just it makes sense. Sorry. The yacht part I hadn't heard. I, I didn't hear about that. Um, but I uh, the, as far as the the photo itself, it, it was a friend or coworker, and out of um, she's pregnant and could not zip her pants. And so she um, was wearing a shirt that was showing her belly. Yeah. So in like fashion, he was out of good fun, was joking with her and pooched his belly out, you know, pull up his shirt and unzipped his pants a little bit and took a photo with her. It was in good fun. It was it was a joke. So I I, I don't understand. I don't don't see the problem. I I don't see the problem here. It's other than the fact that it's a um, Christian college that's a Trump supporter. That's the only thing I can figure out that the problem is here. Is they're looking for anything wrong that is quote unquote wrong, which okay, but again, it's the a college, joke. The college goes a step further and they suspend the guy indefinitely. Yeah. So the the board basically said, Yeah, you should probably take a leave. And he but, agreed with them and immediately took okay. a Okay. So I, I just, again I don't, I don't get it. Deal. What's what's the problem here? I, I, I don't see the big deal. But under uh, unfortunately under the current situation of things, the Me Too movement and all that nonsense and just the appearance of something being off. Uh, it, yeah. It, yeah. So but, in I a mean, sense, I can understand. Uh, but at the I, same time, no, it's just I, it's ridiculous. I can't understand. I can't understand it because somebody somewhere has got to make a stand on something. Right. I mean, that, that that's kind of what I'm. Yeah. Somebody's got to stand up somewhere. People say, oh, well, yeah, there's this thing going on and we don't want to look like we're too, you know, against that by making this statement. Well, what is going to be a point where people make a statement? What is going to be a point where rather it's a a conservative institution or or not any institution that's under attack? When is it going to be a point where the institution, whatever it is, stands up and says, we're not caving on this? I don't give a damn what your narrative is. We're not moving on this. You're going to have to live with it. Yeah. I mean, some of the some of the people that are that are speaking out against him, one of them was a representative of North Carolina, Mark Walker, who was previously a pastor that taught at Liberty, called mm-hmm. the behavior appalling. Again, are you so much of a prude as a Christian that you can't have fun and joke? There's nothing some, wrong here. Got to have some leeway. Like, God, it's it, it's so stupid. It's like a it, it, if it's so appalling, then then you should be critiquing the woman that was exposing her midriff with her pants unbuttoned, even though she was freaking pregnant. You should be you know critiquing her and not just fall well, but. Uh, obviously that you can't do that because, well, I mean, she's a pregnant woman, you know, of course it's, it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. He was poking fun at her. She was clearly laughing in the photo. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense, man. It makes no sense. Like I said, I don't know who the guy is. I, I don't know anything about it, but I, I just find it funny that they're attacking this poor guy because he's got his pants unbuttoned. I mean, that's, that's what it seems like. It's just like they're, they're going after this, this fella because of that. 
Like, oh, he's in a photo on a yacht with with someone that's other than his wife and he's got his pants unbuttoned. Okay, did I, you stop and ask why? Like, he put it out on, a, on his own Instagram. That's my understanding. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like it was something that was leaked or something like that. And then it was it, one of right. those, uh, oh, I got you moments. It wasn't one of those. Right. It wasn't something no. that he was trying to hide or something that was uh, some, uh, a revealing story or something like that. Not like the Anthony mm-hmm. Weiner thing, right? It wasn't right. like that. Right. But I, this, I mean, it's like it, he put it out there, you know? I, I can under, okay, so there is an element that I can understand to a degree because as Christians, you're supposed to avoid even the appearance of evil, quote unquote. So I can understand in a sense of you're, you're supposed to completely avoid it. And it was on a, on a yacht. Again, there's no problem here. As a Christian, maybe you, you know, you might not I frown do that. But it, uh, yeah, okay, but I at the it. same time, you it. don't call for a guy to, you know, resign his. It, uh, the uh, guy probably worked just, hard uh, to get where he's at. Right. He, he probably he worked hard to get where he's at. And then now he's going to have it ruined by what? Some people that are a, a little bit too hardcore, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> a little prudish. Yeah. Uh, a little too. Yeah. Yeah. Just crazy, man. Just crazy. Where to next? Shall we do some TikTok stuff? What, what's going on with TikTok? What, what's the deal with TikTok? There's a thing with TikTok about how. All right. Trump's talking about banning it. He was going to executive order the thing out. And mm-hmm. then Microsoft stepped in and said, well, we're going to wait or we, we would mm-hmm. we would like for you to wait because we're in negotiations to possibly buy TikTok out. Well, TikTok is mm-hmm. CCP, right? I mean, it's they're, they're in bed with CCP. So, yeah, there's a problem there. And with the new order that's out now that allows justice to investigate any corporations that are involved with communist China, yeah. then we reserve the right to uh, investigate those companies and take people into custody and hand out federal indictments if we so choose. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what's the deal with TikTok? Now there's something else to this. So the order was held off. Yeah. So TikTok is still there, but Microsoft mm-hmm. is saying, okay, we're looking at buying them, but we're going to delay it. So what's what, and now there's yeah. something else going on. What's the deal here? So, okay. So the, the order was held off. Microsoft, you know, as you said, was, was talking about the deal, but then Trump decided to go ahead and sign the executive order anyway, and it takes effect uh, in 45 days. So basically, uh, I'm still kind of going over it, but uh, the first bit of it more or less basically says, if you're involved, uh, if your business is doing any kind of dealings with Beijing or uh, this specific company, ByteDance, which is the one over TikTok, or any of Beijing's subsidiaries, basically, you can be targeted and, and the government can, you know, investigate, so on and so forth. What kind of repercussions there's going to be? I don't know. This doesn't really say what they're going to do. But uh, as, as far as my understanding is, Microsoft was trying to buy out the, the entirety of TikTok, like, um, you know, the, the global franchise. And if they did that, Basically, it would no longer be associated with with um, um, the CCP anymore. They wouldn't have any hand in it. So, you know, there's there's an element of that. But at the same time, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion. I don't really like the idea of the president coming in and stepping in and saying, okay, um, uh, basically, this is an action that China would have done themselves and have done uh, to American companies themselves, and have basically said, uh, yeah, that American company, you can't do business here. Uh, uh, unless you you sell out to a CCP 
designated company, you know, or, or, or sanctioned company. Right. So it, 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 it's kind of on the same level as that. And I, I don't really want to go to the same road down the same road as, uh, the CCP when it comes to this kind of stuff. I, I, I rather like the free market and everything. And the, the other thing is, is, um, obviously uh, the argument is, um, and, and a, a real concern is the data that they're skimming off and the CCP is getting a hold of. Well, the problem is uh, there's thousands of other applications out there that do exactly the same same thing, aren't China-based, or don't have any association with China, but sell the user data. And they sell it to the, the highest bidder. They don't care. So it's going to end up in China's hands either way. It's just with this, it's it's going straight there and not, you know, there's no financial transfer, if you will, uh, that leads to it. So it's not really it's not really going to do anything to protect uh, data security or any of those kind of things. It's really I, I don't I don't I don't see the purpose of doing this. It's not really going to be beneficial for for our security. It's just going to give the government more give, give the government more power. The thing I have a problem with is exactly what you said, the data scraping. Mm-hmm. So my issue with that is, OK, yes, there are other companies doing that. Where did we go wrong with that? Why? Why do we allow corporations to scrape data like that? Is it just the fact that we've allowed this to progress to this point and people just voluntarily give up their information? But the data scraping, I think, goes further than that. The data scraping is also taking data that you input to the device that you don't even realize you're putting in. And by that, I mean how much time you spend on an application what you do inside that application, what you click on inside that application, what sites you visit, all that information that you input gets scraped off. And that all goes into um, a database to be sold. So they bulk up all that data and then they sell it off. Now, it might not necessarily have your name attached to it, but that's your behaviors. It's your choices, your preferences, your relationships. Those are the aspects that are being sold. And this goes to the larger picture of building this, uh, building the AI, right? That's what they're trying to do with this. They're trying to build the AI profiles and develop the algorithms based around this data scraping. Yeah, that that's a, that's definitely a potential there. It's also, there's an element of uh, location data, that sort of thing, your travels and all that, um, that, that could also be at play. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I get, I get what the concern is and I, I don't disagree. The, the problem I have with it though, is, is just the government stepping in and, and usurping more control. Like they just grabbing more control. Instead, I would, I would rather, you you know, um, a, a private corporation company or just the people, I don't know, reading the user agreement when you, you know, download an app and are going to use it. Maybe you should read through that and look at what they're doing. But if there, there is that, an element, if people did that, if they actually and they were mindful and, and I'm not talking about the ones that say, oh, yeah, I don't care. The ones that actually read, let's say you get somebody that reads through those 35 pages or 40 pages or 70 pages or whatever it is of the um, the thing you just click agree to. Yeah, that if mm-hmm. people actually mm-hmm. read through that and they realize what they're subjecting themselves to, I think largely people wouldn't agree to it. They wouldn't take those applications. Maybe, honestly, uh, in today's world, I, I, I feel like the I don't have anything to hide. It's not it doesn't really matter. Mentality is kind of permeated through society. But there's actually a, a more sinister concern 
So let's say um, let's say the license agreement is fine, right? There's nothing there that that is leaves you sketched out or skeptical or any of that kind of stuff. It looks good. Now, here's the thing: unless you're a coder, unless you're a um, someone that can dig into the code and really determine what it's doing. You don't necessarily know that what they're saying is true. For example, I was going to make a purchase, right? There was a anti-cheat software associated with it, right? It's a video game. And this anti-cheat software functions at the kernel level. Now, if you download an app and it has functions that go to the kernel level, that means this is at the very core. When you start your computer, this starts at the same time, right? This has the, the potential to be exploited and completely over you know, like take over your computer everything like you go online and you're <laughs> you're searching online and you want to buy something uh online you enter your credit card information well that that embedded kernel level um program has access to that it can see that it can see and transmit that and you never know it or it could uh track your your banking account stuff your whatever you have access to or access on that computer with that software on there has the potential to track it and then send it off without you even knowing it same thing applies to um smartphones tablets you know any electronic device that you can add app applications to that have an o, that has an os can be exploited in this sense so typically programs run on the, the ex, there's, there's like four different tiers or four different levels that they function at. And typically it's like the outside fourth level. And then you have the inside two to three, which is kind of like your drivers and, and systems and that kind of stuff. And then you have the kernel, which is the center. And that one is like level zero. That's the highest administrative access you can give it. So that's where I have the problem with this stuff is even if the end user agreement says, yeah, we're not doing anything fishy. No, it, it's all good. But it has access at the kernel level. You you have no idea what it's doing. And not only do you have no idea what it's doing, you don't know if there's an, another malicious party that has broken that security and is now tampering with that on a large scale. So I don't know how to combat it. And the government is not going to be able to combat it. There's nothing. They can pass all the laws they want, but you can still have a company come in like TikTok and have um, kernel level access associated with that. And they could scrape off the information and nobody would know it. There is one way to combat it, but it would require people doing something that would be completely unthinkable almost. And that is dump the phones. I know that that's extreme, but that is a way to combat it, right? You would have to dump everything technology. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, literally an operating system. I mean, yeah. divorce yourself from it, like walk away. That's it. You're done. Yeah. That that would be very difficult in today's world. I mean, go back to 1980. Uh, especially, yeah, I mean, you you would have to completely do away with things like Amazon. So you know, in the middle of your quarantine, that's going to be that's going to be fun. Netflix, uh, while you're, your video yeah, gaming, Netflix, all of it, everything, all got to go. Everything would have to go. Yeah, it's just not feasible nowadays. I mean, like everything, if you want to find a job nowadays, the most efficient way to get a job is using the online um, recruiting services or whatever you want to call it. Like uh, the, the one that comes uh, to mind is like, uh, no, like ZipRecruiter. Uh, that's the Zip first recruiter, one that yeah. comes to mind. Yeah, you put in your your application there and then, you know, uh, those kind of programs are kind of the norm nowadays. You want to find a job. That's the easiest way to get a job. So it'll, it'll make things I a heard, lot more difficult and less convenient. I heard a horror story last night about a job interview. Okay. And that is people are applying for jobs 
like these these kids, right? Age, you know, mm-hmm. 18 to, to 20, 25 or whatever. They're applying for these jobs. Do you know what they're doing? They're actually going to the interview with their parents. Oof. Can you imagine? And, and get get this. Sometimes they sit in the interview room with them. This is what's happening. Uh can you imagine? Like, I, I would not hire someone. I, I'd be like, uh, excuse me, you're 23 and you have to sit in an interview room with your mother. I'm not hiring you. Uh, nah, nah, <laughs> thanks for co- thanks nah. for coming by. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah. we, we got other things. We, we have other things to do. Unfortunately, that is I, I've heard actually stories of that in, in like the media and some of the 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 writers and whatnot that the media has hired that are of that generation. Unbelievable. There, there was actually like, it, it is absolutely unbelievable. There, there was some situation that happened and the, the, the woman was upset and then she vented to her mom and then her mom called her boss and it was tearing on, on the boss. And I'm just like, I cannot even fathom doing that. And let, like I, you would have been fired. If I was the boss, it's like, okay, see it, you're gone. <laughs> you wouldn't be hired in the first place, but yeah. All right. As much as I don't want to do it, as much as I don't want to do it, there's some COVID stuff in the news. Some. Mm. Of course, if you look at the news, that's pretty much all there is. There is some COVID stuff in the news. We talked about it already, kind of. So, I mean, this isn't really new. The South Dakota bike rally at Sturgis, it's on. They've got 250,000 oh. people that showed up. And the media is having a conniption fit. They're going crazy. The mayor of Sturgis says there's not much to do but encourage personal responsibility. <laughs> They've said in Sturgis, right, 250, a quarter, a quarter of a million bikers, okay, in Sturgis. And they've set up sanitation stations and they give out masks. Though face coverings won't be required, the mayor has said that they can't stop people from coming. Worried residents are all over the place, you know, talking about how all this is a mistake and we need to be thinking about the people. We don't need to be putting people at risk just because of a bike rally and this and that. And we went over last week essentially how a lot of those businesses operate. To recap, this is a town of 7,000 people. 10 days a year, the population of that town increases from 7,000 to 257,000 for 10 days a year. What do you think happens in that 10 day window? A lot of those businesses will make more money during that 10 days than they'll make the rest of the year combined. So they're a 10 day a year business. They need to open. They need to have the people there or the town goes under. And guess what? There is no Sturgis from here on out. The town dies. The festival dies. Nobody wins. So you've got to have the festival. Has to happen. Are you going to tell 250,000 bikers to uh, to mask up and glove up and, and do all that stuff? Are you going to tell 250,000 bikers to do that? You see these people that are in these stores. Like, Bruce, you saw the video of the fat woman that was yelling at the woman and two kids uh, talking about mm-hmm. how she hoped they all died because they weren't wearing masks. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see that woman, that that Karen, I'd like to see her go up to 10 bikers at Sturgis and tell them to social distance and wear masks. I would love to see that. The other thing about this, though, is uh, according to the the papers and whatnot that we've seen and, and reports from doctors we've heard, UV light kills this virus really fast. Like well, we're talking under five seconds fast. They're what outside. day did they say that? Like what? That's where they're at. <laughs> what day did they say that? Because the CDC <laughs> right. says it one day and then the WHO says, well, no, that's not true. And then the CDC says, well, we CDC says, well, well maybe we think so, but we're not sure. But then they come out the next day. Yes, it does. It does kill viruses. And we know that for a fact. And then the day after that, it's well, um, we might have jumped the gun on that. So which one is it? Right. 
But anyway, uh, yes, Sturgis is on and there are people that they are not happy. Uh, They've got people that are terrified running around town. Of course, I mean, this this is this is all the mainstream media talking about how this is, you know, they've got terrified people and no one in the city knows what they're going to do. Go to the festival. Enjoy it. (laughs) You know, take whatever precautions you think are necessary. Stay home then. But the businesses in town know the risks and they've chosen to take it upon themselves to open. They're the ones that put pressure on the city council to open. And the city council agreed. They sided with the businesses because they know that it is the situation of what I just described. If the town dies, then there is no Sturgis from here on out. The town goes away if there's no Sturgis. That's what keeps that town alive. So it's there. So the media is going to kick and they're going to scream and they're going to yell and they're going to cry and do whatever it is they're going to do. Talking about how you're killing everybody. If you have a gathering, I didn't see the governor of South Dakota come out and make a statement saying they shouldn't have it. As a matter of fact, she's been a big proponent of keeping the state open. I don't think they locked down up there, did they? That was one of the states that was kept open. Yep. She's uh, she says these lockdown orders are not they don't fit the the rural state. It's not. And she also says she denounces the herd mentality of all the other states that are that are jumping on board with the lockdowns and everything. Idiots. Idiots. And what what does that cause? If you have that herd mentality of the type of lockdowns, what do you have? We talked about it yesterday. New York to Los Angeles. We even threw Chicago in there. We talked about Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. What's happening? All these people. That's the herd mentality of locking down like that. And look what it's doing. You're destroying those cities. You're destroying them. You're punishing law-abiding citizens, and you're ignoring bums and criminals. That's what you're doing. That useless mayor in New York City has turned, he's turning New York City, our financial hub, he's turning that into East Germany, for God's sake. The governor's out there on his knees begging the rich people to come back that he ran out of there. That's what it causes. That's what it causes. That right there. That kind of negligence. Sturgis, masks are not required, right? Isn't that what we said? They're not required. Yeah, it's not required. Your old stomping grounds... They are required. Colorado. Mm-hmm. There, yes, you have a uh, you have a requirement to wear a uh, to wear a mask. Now, are you going to wear one? Well, what if you're one of these people that's very rebellious? You've got that rebellious streak in you, like Bruce was talking about yesterday. You know, Americans were pretty rebellious. What happens if you come out and you say, you know what, I'm not going to wear one. You know, I, I don't give a damn. Whatever. I'm just going to go about my business. It's my choice, right? Well, the areas of Boulder and Gunnison counties, which I'm assuming that takes in what Denver. areas? Do, Denver? Area. That's All Denver that area. area. Yeah. Okay. They're doing something different. They're going to have public health officials that are going to watch you in public to find out whether or not you're wearing a mask. Now you say, okay, well, yeah, the police, you know, they're they're doing that all over the country. Well, this is different. These are volunteers for the public health department. They're in plain clothes and they are in their trucks. They're in their cars and they're parked in front of supermarkets, corner stores, convenience stores, whatever. And they're looking out their windows. They're looking at you as you shop, but they're only interested in what you're wearing. Do you have a mask on or do you not? That's what they're looking for. They're not going to walk up to you. They're not going to fine you or anything like that. At least not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But what are they doing? They're taking tallies. They're trying to find out who's wearing a mask and who's not, how many people are doing it. They're looking for percentages here. So and I'm not quite sure here what they're going to do with the data, but what what do you think of this? Because this is a little odd. I haven't seen this one across the country yet. This is a new thing. Um, okay, so I'm torn on this one. The reason I'm torn is I don't like government, keep, you know, keeping track of things like this and and uh, making a list. I, I don't like that. 
But at the same time, I'm not against a, a scientific means of if this is all it it was is just tallying up whether or not someone's wearing a mask. I'm fine with it. However, we know it's not going to be this isn't going to be the end of it. Right. This is the year 2020. There's been more things happen in the year 2020 than there's been in like 10 years. You know, the, the kind of nonsense we're seeing spewed out from these politicians. So, you know, it's going to end up being used in some political way. They're going to, well, people aren't wearing masks, so we're going to have to do fines or we're going to have to do another lockdown or we're going to have to do name what it is, you know, whatever, whatever they come up with. So in, in one sense, I'm I'm OK with the data because uh, I do want to know. We, we do need to, to, to have that information on hand so that we can be like we can compare it to things like, well, we're seeing an uptick in this area. They're not wearing masks. That could be a, a factor to it, right? Or we're seeing an uptick in the area and they're all wearing masks. So clearly masks have no effect. I, I would like to see numbers on that. But at the same time, not government, uh, just not government doing it. Well, the funny thing is, is I, I don't want to. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I don't want the government to turn around and say, OK, well, here's the data we collected. And then we see how the media treats data. Right. We know the kind of games they play when it comes to that. So it's where do we go with it? What do we do? The surveys that, that they've put on so far, this is the Tri-County Health Department. They're looking at weekly data going back to April. So the percentages of people in Adams, Arapahoe County uh, and Douglas counties who are putting on face coverings when they go out in public. The surveys range from a low of 56 percent of people observed in Adams County the week of July 5th to a high of 96% seen in Douglas County last week. So it says here they're not looking deeply into the data. Well, then why are they counting? I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I see what they're you know, possibly trying to do here, but they're calling it a, a quick and dirty assessment of what's going on. It's not super sophisticated, but it helps in understanding the landscape. Okay, well, what, what are you trying to do with it? I, I'm with you on it. I'm torn because the data can be used either way here, depending on who's controlling the agenda with it, right? Yeah. And honestly, this is this is another concern that I have with this. Denver is known as Mile High City, right? Uh, it's known as Mile High because that's that's about the altitude. It's, it's, it's a mile up, which means high altitude means thinner air, which means less oxygen when you breathe. You're wearing a mask that's going to reduce it even more. Now, the people that live there are going to be acclimated to the altitude already. But I'm, I'm really concerned about long term effects of this, not just with the whole bacterial infections, the, you know, viral infections or whatnot that you're you're creating a, a great habitat for inside your mask, you know, as, as GPs pointed out. But it's just the fact of having reduced oxygen for, for long periods of time like this. Is there going to be any kind of repercussions for that? You know, are, are we going to see. And, you know, 10 years, wow, we're having a lot of people die from heart disease or something. And it's going to be traced back to this pandemic time when people were wearing masks, you know, I mean, or, or something on those lines. I'm, I'm concerned with the other effects that's going to happen uh, mm -hmm. because of all of this as well, not just the government involvement. Uh, well, I mean, technically, the mask mandates are government involvement. So government is yeah, bad, OK? You talk. I was waiting for that. You talk about the altitude of Denver already being the mile high city. So they're mm -hmm. already at a different. Well, I mean, you lived there for a while, so it's it's already at a different yep. level. So you're going to deprive people of oxygen even further. Let me explain. 
so I, I've been experimenting over the last few months off and on with uh, an altitude training mask when, when I do training, because I, I train five to seven days a week, depending on if I want to go and do cardio or not. And what this does, right, it's essentially I've talked about here before, it restricts your breathing. It does basically the same thing as as what all this other stuff does. But they specifically tell you the company specifically tells you and you can train that thing from anywhere from a thousand feet up to uh, five thousand feet. So essentially, you know, you're mile high and Actually, I think you can go even further with it. I think you can go up to even like, a, you know, um, I think you can go up to even almost to like eight or nine thousand feet. But nonetheless, the thing that they tell you, the company emphasizes in the actual instruction manuals with it. Under no circumstances are you to wear this longer than 30 minutes at most. And that's even on the lowest setting. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to train, which I do, and it's quite a workout, I have to say, but essentially yeah. it's a dumbbell for cardio. That's what it is. So if you're out there running and I've run with it on before and that is a workout, it is a workout and a half because as your body's fighting to get more oxygen in, as you're working harder, then your body's working twice as hard to try and keep oxygen in uh, and, and get it into your body. As a result, yes, you do train harder, but this is a different thing. This is a different thing. And not only that, you have to clean that thing very well. Like you have to almost sterilize it pretty much when you get done with Mm -hmm. it because of the bacteria that's in there. So I have to sterilize that thing pretty much every time after I'm done using it. But it is a workout. But that is something that you're training for. The average person out there, and it's something you have to work up to. The average person out there isn't doing that. And when you're wearing something like this, I mean, it's a completely different thing. It's a system that goes around your head and attaches with a piece of Velcro behind you so you can easily rip it off if you have to, if you get yourself in trouble. It's also plastic and it's got surgical, um, like the surgical rubber. So it forms the seal around your your face. So there's no actual and I'm, I'm going somewhere with that. There's no actual cotton or polyester that's involved here. And why do I say that? Well, you're not breathing in those fibers. That's also another problem. Breathing in cotton fibers all day long. What kind of effect is that going to have? How much bacteria hangs out on those fibers that you breathe in? Do you use the same mask? Do you wash it after every use? Or do you continue on with it? Do you wear it more than 30 minutes? Do you wear it for eight, 10 hours? These are all things that go into it. And so I'm with you on this. What are the long-term effects of this going to be? We don't know. I think anytime you start messing with the cardio system, like the cardiovascular system, anytime you start messing with that and you're doing it on a mass scale like this, this is going to cause more problems down the road any way you look at it. Because this is what the medical establishment, and I'm talking about the, the corrupt guys like Gates and Fauci, that's what they want. They want people to have that lowered immune system. They want people to be compromised because if you are compromised... From a health standpoint, if you're compromised, if you have the respiratory issues, well, then guess what? And we know we already know COVID's here to stay, right? And the flu, of course, we're still dealing with that from 100 years ago, amongst other things, pneumonia, everything else. Hell, TB, TB's making a comeback. That's a respiratory issue. Mm-hmm. So what does this do? Prolonged mask usage, which we've talked about them here before, whether or not they're even effective or not. Largely, I think they're ineffective anyway, because of simply the size of the virus itself. It's not feasible. Logically, it doesn't work. It doesn't compute. But see, that's reality. That's an objective reality. These people deny an objective reality to try and justify a subjective truth. But what they're subjecting the population to is in regards to mask wearing, that's going to cause the bigger issues down the road. And then you will need to go to them for a solution. See what Mm -hmm. they're doing here? It's a placeholder. They're setting you up for the long game. Yeah. And another another example, talking about altitude real quick. I remember it was seventh grade when we moved to Colorado and my school was just over, I'm wanting to say it was 5,700 
feet in elevation. So coming from the flatlands where you're about uh, anywhere from 300 to 500 feet above sea level to over a mile, just walking around from class to class, you know, the the, the short steps, there was like four mm-hmm. steps in, in some places. You're huffing and puffing by the time you get to the, to the next class. And, you know, I wasn't super out of shape at that time either. You know, about that time period, I was running, you know, 15 miles a week. So 15 to 20, it varied. But it definitely was uh, that first, I don't know, about six months or so and getting acclimated to everything. And uh, yeah, man, you just just walking around was tough. So if you're if you're a tourist and you're going to these high altitude areas and you're required to wear a mask, man, Altitude sickness has got to be really, really mm-hmm. bad there, a, a problem. And that that's the thing. We've talked about it before. If you're wearing one of these masks and you start getting a headache or you feel the the shortness of breath and all that, get the mask off. Like And sit I, down. I, you know, and, and Don't sit walk. down. Yeah. yeah. Sit down and breathe um, slowly. Yeah. Get get those deep breaths in because um, that that that's a sign of altitude sickness. You know, that was one of the things that I did when I first uh, started messing around with uh, with that altitude when I set it at twelve hundred feet. And when I was at twelve hundred feet, I noticed that I was having those issues of what you just said. It was almost like I was ready to black out. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly. because I was overworking it. You need to slowly step up to it. And we're not doing that with these masks that are out there. And the average person out there, I mean, I like to think that I'm in pretty decent shape, but the average person mm-hmm. out there doesn't spend that amount of time looking after themselves. And so they just go on to that restrictive breathing. And it's like, wait a minute, you can't do that. You can't just jump headlong into that. I thought I was well-trained, but I could tell that there was a problem. I could tell that something was off. My equilibrium was off just a little bit until I finally acclimated to it and I got used to it. But when I would take it off, when I would finish my workout and I would take it off, there were times that I found that I would take it off too fast. As in, you go from being at that simulated altitude back down to sea level. And when you're back down to sea level, that air is thicker, but yet your body's still trying to figure out how to process it. So I would have to sit down for a second. I would have to take slow, long breaths, like you're talking about, in order to regain where I needed to be and get my bearings back. But yeah, it's it was kind of <laughs> it's kind of creepy to be fair uh, at first. And once you get used to it, yeah, uh, that's just the way that it is. But I need to get back into that this week uh, because that's that's one hell of a workout. But anyway, nonetheless, okay. Since we're talking about COVID stuff. <laughs> I saw this one. This was too good. 600,000 people were told that they had COVID-19, but guess what? They weren't even tested. So you've got, I kid you not. It's not a problem. No, it's not a problem at all. 600,000 people or more, uh, uh, yeah, more, uh, turns out that they uh, they were infected with coronavirus, but uh, they'd never been tested. They were told that they actually had it, but they'd never been tested. The healthcare program TRICARE at the U.S. Department of Defense uh, falsely told more than 600,000 people they'd been infected with the novel coronavirus. Uh, an email Which apparently sent... Novel. Go ahead. Which isn't novel, by the way. The coronavirus it, novel. It's, cor- not, it's not novel. It's not novel. I, I know, I know they're, they're saying it's a novel coronavirus, but when you look at it, it's 73% to 78% somewhere in that range, similar to SARS. SARS. Is that why they yeah. call it SARS-CoV-2? Yeah, exactly. That's why they call it... The, the main difference, and we've, we've talked about it before, was the targeting... The targeting system, right, it's right. Um, HIV similar. So that, that's the main difference, which, by the way, we've pointed out before. But let me repoint this out. Having a virus take on the attributes of a completely different virus. Yeah, that, that doesn't usually naturally happen. In fact, it's it's so 
mathematically impossible that um, it's not possible in nature. In other words, what I'm trying to say is it was engineered. It was given gain of function. They added on that targeting system. Just wanted to point that out. It's quite literally the SARS virus, and they just added this little extra bit in in that Wuhan lab. But, you know, nah. Do you know, one thing that was interesting, since you mentioned SARS there, one thing that was interesting about that, uh, the SARS-1 virus, one thing that was interesting about that, do you know what they used to clean that up? Do you know what they used to treat that? They found it was the most effective uh, it was this. It was this really strange drug. Uh, it's called hydroxychloroquine. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah. There was. I, I remember something about that. They did some kind of. Uh, I mean, it's scientific just, research papers yeah, back it, in what was it, two thousand five or something? Something it was like when that. One yeah, of these papers just, came out. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just this little side thing. I mean, it's not a major thing. I mean, it was over at the counter in most countries. Right. I mean, they were given yeah. out by the handfuls in, in a lot of places around the world. And it's it's off patent. It, it costs pennies to make. Literally, it's mm. pennies to make it. But they found that that drug treated SARS-1 and it's and that it was the most successful. It's just it. it's funny because uh, reason and logic would dictate that if it worked with SARS-1, it stands to reason that it would work for SARS-2. I just, I just thought I'd mention that. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Now, and and it works even more effectively with uh, uh, combined with zinc. And, you know, on top of that, it's not like some country like France or something banned uh, hydroxychloroquine or didn't really ban it. They just said it was a class two drug or, or, you know, so basically it was toxic and you had to get a prescription for it in early January. It's not like a country. Oh, wait, no, actually, France did actually do that and banned it more or less uh, over the counter in early January when this first started. Uh, it's kind of. Kind of, I don't know, man. It kind of sounds a little fishy, don't you think? A little fishy. Just a little fishy. Just just throwing that out there. Just a little fishy. And it's not like we had an old factory in, oh, I don't know, West Virginia or something that, that was a former manufacturer of that drug. And, you know, Trump might have just reopened that place and they're in the process of manufacturing a billion doses right now. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. sure coincidence, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. 600,000 people were told, you know, we were we were goofing off too much there. We always we advertise as no nonsense. That's too much nonsense. Uh, yeah, but that that was kind of being facetious. Very we were we were being Very sarcastic serious, and a serious. Yeah, yeah. The email was sent in error. Uh, it read, "As a survivor of COVID nineteen, it's safe to donate blood or plasma." And your donation could help save other COVID-19 patients. Your plasma likely has antibodies or proteins present that might help fight the coronavirus infection, which I'm hearing that's a big thing at the moment. Uh, Currently, there is no cure for COVID-19. However, there is information that suggests that plasma from COVID-19 survivors like you might help some patients recover more quickly from COVID-19. That was sent out to 600,000 plus people. Okay, so you you mentioned uh, that the, the antibodies being a uh, you know a possible um, that is well, actually um, I've heard that yeah that yeah Italy actually that's one of the ways that Italy curbed uh, the numbers there is they were using the antibodies from blood plasma from from donors they issued a formal apology just hours after saying that in an attempt to educate beneficiaries who live close to convalescent plasma donation centers about collection opportunities I love that. That's that's really that's really ingenious how they put that. Uh, you received an email incorrectly saying you were uh, incorrectly suggesting you were a COVID-19 survivor. Uh, you have not been identified as a COVID-19 survivor, and we apologize for the error and any confusion it may have caused. Oh, well, 
I just, yeah, I, I mean, you just accidentally told over 600,000 people they had COVID. So did that get logged into the count numbers? I'm just wondering. And if if that's the case, if you had 600,000 plus based on the plus 15 method, well, that's a lot of new cases, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cases there. You know, it, it, you're just pointing to the fact that government's bad. OK, I mean, it, it's just kind of interesting that it was government that. Uh, yeah, kind of whoopsie. pointing that out a little bit. So a California church, excuse me, a California county sues a church for holding normal indoor services, right? Ventura County, California, which is oddly enough, that's where uh, John Ziegler was from. You know, the guy that, mm-hmm. that, uh, that we play. Yeah, he's, he's from up there. Let me see. They sued a church in Thousand Oaks, California, for holding a no mask, no distance indoor service. How dare oh, they? Oh, How humanity. dare you? How dare you hold a church service in America? Where, where do you get off with the nerve thinking you can hold a church service in America? What is wrong with right? you people? It's it's a, it's almost like you think there's like a, a constitutional amendment that gives you the right for that. Oh, or I can't believe where these people would even conjure up such a nonsense idea. I mean, it's no, just no, no. Is that it's crazy? It's like it's like it's it in is. the first one or something. It's it's just man that old dusty thing. Ah, we don't need that anyway. Who cares? The lawsuit follows the county board of supervisors. Yeah, we know all about California board of supervisors, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> they, they vote to use court actions to enforce COVID-19 health orders. Senior pastor Rob McCoy of Godspeak Cavalry Chapel, who has served as the mayor of Thousand Oaks, described them as simply singing and hugging with no masks. McCoy was serving as a city council member, but stepped down on April 4th after Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom stated churches were non-essential. So on April 5th, McCoy hosted a socially distanced communion for 10 people at a time. The church soon started to live stream their services after the massive protest following the death of Jordan. Yeah, okay. Why does it always have to be back to that? It's a great reminder for us uh, going in and talking about the riots and stuff when they keep bringing it up over and over because it was okay. Those protests were okay. Thousands of people yelling, screaming, uh, doing a lot of physical activity, burning things down, destroying things, stealing things, you know, all that. The things that we're told not to do, you know, sing uh, in a church. You're not supposed to uh, be within six feet of each other. You're not supposed to do strenuous activity near other people. Uh, you because, can't sell you know, that, egg rolls. You can't sell pop yeah, stickers. Yeah. You can't sell potato but, chips. Exactly. But if if you're part of BLM or Antifa and you're protesting drummed up fake charges, it's OK. Do, do you know if you say BLM, then that actually diminishes the virus? Did, did you know that? I heard that. Uh, it, it, that that's what I'm hearing too. Um, I heard you know, that, and that's, that's you don't need seems a mask. To be what the media is saying. If you say that, if you say yeah, the media is saying if you say that, then that's that's okay. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think the CDC is in the process of declaring racism a public health crisis. I'm just saying. Oh, wonderful. Doctor Robert Levin, a Ventura County public health officer. Which is that the guy that Ziegler mentioned? Probably. I'd have to I go think back that's and listen the one. to the thing again. You know what? Let's just play him here. Let's play him here. I got it right here. Let's play him here. This is this is John Ziegler. Okay. John Ziegler is he's a radio host out in Ventura County. Is that is that right? He's a documentary filmmaker and a radio host. He's a documentary filmmaker, radio host, journalist. I mean, he, he's he wears okay. quite a few hats. So he knows what he's talking about. Right. So he knows what he's yeah. talking. He's, he's done his research. He goes up to give a talk to the Ventura County Council. He's up there talking to these supervisor idiots. I think this is the guy that he's mentioning, but let's listen to Ziegler here. After waiting for two hours and now getting two minutes, I'll get right to the point. Uh, This board is pretending that for the last three months, your emperor, Dr. Levin, has not been against a mask declaration. 
Now, all of a sudden, we're pretending that masks are everything, even forcing speakers to use masks. I would like the board to take a position. Was Dr. Levin wrong for those three months? And if he was this wrong, why has he not been removed? Why has he not been fired for being so catastrophically wrong? Or do you not really believe he was wrong? You're just wearing these masks because it is a signal of your great virtue. Because for the last three months, we have not worn them. And Ventura County has done outstandingly well and continues to do outstandingly well because we are not Los Angeles. We are not New York City. We never were going to be any of those things. Ironically, this is one of the few things Dr. Levin was actually right about. He has been wrong about everything. He is the one who told us we would have four to 600 hospitalizations a day. He, he revised that to two to 400 a day. We still haven't reached that in one day. We're barely over 200 for the entire ordeal that you guys have put us through. We now are panicked over 51 total hospitalizations in a county with eight hospitals. Can you people do math? Can you please do basic math and understand where we are on this? This is not a crisis. You, however, have created one. You, in an effort to try to prevent all death, when we've had 43 deaths, have now ended all relevant life. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. And this will never be forgotten, ever be forgotten. You will all be held accountable eventually in this life or the next you all better hope there is no hell, because when you die, that's where you're going. And guess what? You're not going to be dying of COVID either. Thank you. I, I love that guy. I, I can never get enough of that. I, I love that guy. So it is the guy that they're referencing here, Dr. Levin. He has said uh, he's the plaintiff in this lawsuit. He has asserted it is only a matter of time if it's not already happened. But there's a significant outbreak of COVID-19 cases among the attendees. Well, According to what Mr. Ziegler just presented there, the guy's not been correct about anything up to this point. And as far as the testing goes, when it comes to COVID-19, you could test an eggplant in the U.S. right now and it would test positive. Yeah, that's where it is. Or you don't even have to do a test, as we've learned. 600,000 right. people could just show it positive. Right, right. You're suing churches now. I, I OK, you're you're Mr. Government's bad. OK. Right. You're, you're Mr. Mm -hmm. Government's bad. They're now taking legal action. It's bad enough that you're just telling churches to close and then the congregation says, OK, it's that like that's bad enough. But now they're taking legal action. They're actually suing churches for holding services. I, 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 uh, like, we haven't I, seen I the actual lawsuit yet. We haven't seen the right. lawsuit yet. So being as this California, being as they have wonderful judges over there. I actually am really concerned that this is going to go poorly and this is going to be a huge detriment to the, the Constitution, uh, because if the church has any stones about them, they will fight this to the Supreme Court. And as we know, this Supreme Court is the most conservative Supreme Court that we've ever had, and they will totally abolish Roe v. Wade. Uh, uh, oh, wait. Uh, they haven't been able to do anything that conservatives, uh, that, that upholds the constitution. Uh, so I'm, I'm concerned this is going to, this is really going to be a bad, uh, a bad precedent. And this is going to be dangerous. You know, something I have to, uh, I have to be careful here because the, the government is starting to be tyrannical. You're going after someone's first amendment, right? It is the right of the church to meet, to peacefully assemble and worship and however they please, right? It's not breaking the law, which you can't pass a law to violate the, the religious freedom or the freedom to assemble. 
So because they're violating that, we have other constitutional amendments that protect us from tyrannical government. And I'll leave it at that. This came up, right? I I floated this idea past somebody because I know somebody that really loves Halloween. Bruce, do you know anybody that really loves Halloween? Like they really get into it? Um, Yeah, I, I know of people that are that way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, the question is. Should Halloween be canceled this year? Because I actually posed that to somebody who I who I know who is really into Halloween. I said, you know, they're probably going to cancel Halloween this year. This is the kind of person who thinks that Halloween should be all year round. Right. Like they, they, they're they mm-hmm. all into mm-hmm. like the, you know, the lore of it and the um, the decor of it and everything. It's just and, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, I kind of like some of this stuff. But, you know, the candle holders. Now, I love all that ancient, you know, gothic and Victorian style look and all that stuff. I, I'm really into that. Sure. Yeah. But. Yeah, you know, just for like a, a design and all that stuff. I mean, I, I really like that stuff. But at the same time, I'm also mm-hmm. into like the um, I'm also into like the 1920s and the 1930s era, you know, like that all that fashion, you know, how people actually dressed with some decency and some respect. Right, right. right. God, for, you do that now. Someone would think you're out there celebrating Halloween. <laughs> True. But the question is, is Halloween going to be canceled? And that, that's a that's a good question to ask, because. You always have Halloween parties, right? Gatherings and all that stuff. Well, look what they're doing to people that are gathering now. They're already trying to restrict that. They've got to keep everybody away from each other, right? You can't have people coming together to celebrate anything. Oh, you can't do that. Look what they're doing to the church. First time we're actually seeing it done to a church, a lawsuit. They're taking legal action against the church. It's bad enough they're fining people. It's bad enough that they're closing the churches, telling them not to worship. That's bad enough. They're suing them. So Halloween, what are they going to do with that? The costume stores, because you've got Halloween stores that pop up, they sell their stuff and then they go away for the year. Candy makers, Walmart, they've got all kinds of candy stuff. Target, whatever grocery store you're in, whatever part of the country you're in. They always have these big Halloween sections, stores that sell the decor and the makeup and all that stuff. I mean, what's going to happen to them? So the question becomes, do you cancel Halloween this year? Which we already knew that Halloween was to the the crazies, right? The, The Halloween was already... Uh, well, it, it was something about offensive to people. I don't, I don't think they weren't saying it was racist. It was uh, offensive to people. It was first it was offensive yeah. and yeah. they were cultural just moving along. Yeah, yeah. Cultural appropriation, that kind of thing. So if someone dressed mm-hmm. as, uh, I don't know, a, a cowboy. Oh, well, that you can't do that. Uh, or if someone dressed yeah. as a, <laughs> a as a Native, Native American. American or if somebody dressed as <laughs> a, uh, you know, whatever. But it's just it, it was it was cuckoo level to that point. It was lunacy. Yeah. So. You throw COVID into the mix of this thing. Now what? You can't go door to door anymore, right? You, you go around doing the trick or treating. That's going to be canceled. So what do we do? Do we keep Halloween? I mean, this is, a, this is a legit question. Do we keep Halloween or do we cancel it? Do we finally get rid of it? Well, you, you know that most of the people go around wearing masks. I mean, <laughs> it's not the right kind of mask, obviously. I mean, yeah, um, it's just as effective. Uh, sorry. it's just, it's just it, Yeah. You know... I'm I'm not one that's really celebrated Halloween much, largely because of religious reasons and so on and so forth. But I have no problem with Halloween personally, right? Uh, but growing up, I never celebrated it. We we always did the 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 church, you know. They, they called it the harvest festivals or whatever, you know, to to try to do something alternate of of it. But you know something, if you can't go to school, if you can't go to church, if you're supposed to be locked down at home. Then logically, no, we can't have Halloween, right? That that's the only thing that that you can conclude. If it's really that bad, if it's really you know everybody's going to die because of COVID, then yeah, you can't. I'm sorry, you you can't celebrate Halloween. 
But um, if it's really these drummed up numbers and everything's falsified and I don't know, past pandemics that we've seen, we've had large major events go on. And look at that. The human race is still existing. And, you know, look, they didn't have millions dead and all this like all the stuff that they're saying is going to happen. In fact, during other pandemics that were more devastating to the older generation and the younger generation alike, they still had things like, uh, you know, we've we've talked about it before. The Woodstock happened in the middle of a pandemic that was worse for the younger generations than this one is. In fact, this one is if you're if you're, you know, about 25 and below, typically you're not going to have any problems unless you have underlying health conditions already. I see no problem. That that That's the age range that typically celebrates Halloween, right? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. obviously there's adults that they get into it as well. And, you know, that that whole aesthetic I, I do enjoy uh, as well. But I see no problem with it. I see no problem with Sturgis. I see no problem with going to church. I see no problem with it. Just go about life. I mean, you're, you're going to have to go back to life at some point. You can't constantly lock down and, I don't know, be a slave to the government. I mean, that's essentially what we are. When you're supposed to quarantine yourself, you know, isolation, you're under house arrest and you're being isolated. Like, this is worse than what prison, what they do to you in prison, because at least in prison, you have a cellmate usually. So anyway, all I'm hearing from you is. You just want people to die. I can't even do it with a straight face anymore. I, I, I can't. It's, so, it's such a joke at this point that I can't even do it with a straight it face is. anymore. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, we are going to have to uh, leave it there, I'm afraid. It was nice to not talk about strictly COVID stuff and totalitarian out of control governors and all that stuff. But yeah, we had you know, fun with it, though. You know, we, we did. Yeah, we did. Especially talking about that one useless over the counter drug. I, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. just why, yeah. why do we even bring that kind of, you know, useless information up? It's just it's an anathema. OK, so we are going to have to go, as I said. But for those of you who have not, and you would like to please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. We would love to get your feedback. We would love to hear your comments. We love getting your likes, your echoes, your upvotes. We would really appreciate it if you would send us some feedback, uh, good or bad. We like to uh, we like to hear it all. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson three. You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you're not on Parlor and you do want to reach out to us, you also have another way to do that. You don't have to go as far as to uh, get onto a social media platform and do that, especially if it's one you're unfamiliar with. You can drop us a line at any time you wish at tips at dynamicindependence.com. You can address it to any of us around here and we will get it. We will make sure that those people get it as well. And we would humbly ask you to recommend us to friends and family. For those of you that have, you followed, you subscribed, you've liked our episodes, you've rated us five stars. We really appreciate that. If you could, or if you haven't, we would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating. Uh, Thank you very much for that in advance. But if you would recommend us to friends and family, we would be forever grateful if you would do such a thing. Because us getting to as many people as possible and sharing the work that we do here, not only does that uh, help us out, well, we're going to wake up some people in the process too. We're on pretty much every platform that's out there. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, you name it, we're on it, right? Tune in radio, we're, we're on all of them. I don't think there's a single platform apart from SoundCloud. They didn't really want to sit down and work with us. I tried. I, I, I legit yeah. tried and I just couldn't get anywhere with them. So I, yeah. I tried, but that's pretty much the only platform we're not on. Um, so if you could uh, recommend us to uh, friends and family, we would appreciate it. So thank you all very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening, because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence, and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 